Ah, there we are. Good evening, citizens. I'm Devoid, and this is Rev Atheist, and welcome to episode one of Redacted, a live podcast, brand new, where we talk about Star Citizen and its development. And uh, yeah, today we'll be talking about what even is Star Citizen, uh, and is it something that's even worth playing right now? So, Yeah, so with CitizenCon happening roughly a month ago, there was a lot of hype buildup. A lot of people were seeing the Squadron 42 demo, so I think it would be good for us to kind of talk about, first, the difference between Squadron 42 and Star Citizen, right? Because well, I feel well, like... Well, well hold, hold on. How about we start with that first question of what even is Star Citizen? Well, right? I mean... Because if that's what that's... we're doing, we're talking about CitizenCon, we're talking about Squadron 42. Yeah, yeah. We still don't even but... have any context for what those are. You're right. But what people do have context for, the new people who are coming to Star Citizen, what they do have context for is the Squadron 42 demo that they watched, which is why I want to kind of differentiate... Okay. ...set expectations, right? Sure. So Star Citizen is different than Squadron 42. It takes place in the same universe. It takes place along the same timeline. It even uses the same engine, but it's a different game, right? So Squadron 42 is a single player game that they're building. Currently, it's not out. It is not playable. Story driven. It is story driven, right? Star Citizen is different. It's not so story driven, though there are smaller stories within but it's more an open world sandbox sort of mmo type thing uh it's the multiplayer side of things whereas uh the the squadron 42 demo that most people are seeing is a single player version that's not out yet yeah yeah so important I mean, to set that resident. tech technically star citizen isn't out either but uh but you can get into it you can play it now in the, in the beta excuse me not even beta in its Whoa. alpha <laughs> development alpha state, which is uh, interesting to say the least. Open development alpha, yeah. So Star Citizen, talking about Star Citizen, right? So Star Citizen started development a little bit after Squadron 42, um, but it's been uh, it's been a game that has been in open alpha for like 10 years now at this point, uh, and it's gone through various uh, stages of growth. Um, started out super basic with just a hangar module where you could just load in, see your ships. You couldn't even fly them, right? And it, they, it slowly progressed to a point where there's an actual tangible playable game at this point. You can get in your ships, you can fly around, do missions, play with your friends. Um, uh, what it is, though, is truly what you make of it, I think. A lot of people might say, oh, it's a scam because they don't have any kind of game. But uh, the truth is, right, with a game such as Star Citizen, in my own opinion, my own opinion, right? Sure. Sandbox yeah. sandbox is, is a big word to use here. Because I feel like Star Citizen, as well as other games in this sort of category, are best played when you know how to make your own content. Yeah, so you, you said the magic words. I'd like to, I'd like to address it. Okay. Since you, since you, since you said I wasn't going to bring him up, but since you did, this idea that Star Citizen is a scam, right? So let let a lot of you, a lot of the people who are coming here obviously already know the story behind Star Citizen, how it started, how long it's taken, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I'm hoping that some people are new, that they that they're brand new. Um, maybe they saw some cool trailer for Squadron Forty Two or 
uh, or the or star maybe somebody engine demo or, or the star engine demo and you know they're coming here and they're like oh these people are going to answer my questions so you're going to see lots online about how star citizen uh started in 2012 here we are 11 years later still in alpha right still no game and this is uh by all accounts probably the most expensive game uh ever developed it for is. pc for for a console or anything else and we're still in alpha it's still super buggy um but that's why we're having this we want to talk about i mean is it even worth it uh i mean spoiler it is but i think it's it's worth mentioning so uh a lot of the uh, a lot of the comments that you'll see in other sources uh are basically uh yeah it's a scam man they're just trying to take your money they're spending you know millions and millions of dollars and they're just not going to deliver this game um i think i think that based on what uh what what i've seen of the game i mean it's worth it it's going to get there uh if you just have patience and you're willing to accept the extra time that it's taking uh, i i i'm optimistic man yeah i agree uh and actually onyx is saying that it holds the world record for the uh highest paid crowdfunded anything which is I pretty cool too that that is true we're well over half a billion yeah. dollars now yeah i think we're we're approaching 650 million right so definitely yeah. definitely the world's most expensive game it's not even out yet so but um there is this there's there's kind of a big thing that star citizen is known for and then and that's even outside of it being a scam right it's bugs right bugs yeah. we do need to talk about its current state where it came from where it's going um new players right currently there's a free fly going on so there's people who maybe pick up the game once or twice a year to see where it's at there's people who maybe just saw the squadron 42 or star engine demo and they want to pick it up and get in um and they are going to they're going to pick up a game and they're going to start playing and it's it's not going to be what they're expecting to see it's not going to be the nice polished seamless game that they saw yeah. it's they're not going to get the space whales that were in the star engine yeah. demo nope. heck no we don't whales. we don't even have the same quantum animation that was shown in the demo right so there's still like a lot to come definitely so, looking forward to that that is so cool that is that is a cool quantum uh demo right i i i like it we can we, we can talk about that later though but um star citizen today is awesome it's cool because there's a whole system where you could go do missions play with your friends you could pretty much do anything that you set your mind to um obviously there's 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 shortfalls to it but it is still an open alpha yeah there are still problems even today or yeah. or, or, or i guess yesterday yeah if you have oh excuse me if you happen to watch this before you go into the game one of the things to know is that when you get into the game one of the first things you'll notice is um like if you go to the expo, for example, Oof. because of the number of people there, because of the uh, expo hall being there, because just the state of the game in general, it, it, it resist the urge to be immediately discouraged by the poor performance of the game. It's yes, it's 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 unusually hurtful at the moment. Yeah, um, and this it's this not typical of the free fly too. <laughs> yeah, it's not typical. Uh, of times other than these free fly events so if you can stick around for past the free fly 
or even towards the end of the free fly, it probably will ease up a little bit. Um, man, it's 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 rough at the moment. Yeah, in so those areas, free flies typically are just bad. So um, I try to tell people not to let their free fly experience taint their overall taste, but especially with the expo going on post persistent entity streaming, right? And just a quick recap. In case you don't know, in case you are a new player who is just coming in to see if it's worth it, Persistent Entity Streaming is a new tech that CIG developed that basically takes all of the entities that are being streamed into the game server and allow them to persist outside of the existence of the server. Uh, so the server could be up, entities are there, ship components are on the, on the ground, you throw trash on the floor, server crashes, comes back up, all of those entities are still there. Yep. As a result... Litter. Trash tends to build up over time, right? Fucking and litter. with the expo being <laughs> such a point of interest right now, there's people taking their ships, landing in town, more people landing in town. Those people will log off or those ships will break. The ships stay. And so there's ships on ships on ships. There's trash on trash on trash. Uh, it's uh, and, and it compiles in the performance. So the expo yeah. itself really is a terrible time. It's It's cool to see because they showcase all the ships. You can rent everything for free, but the performance in New Babbage specifically during the free fly is absolutely atrocious. So if you are trying a free fly, I actually encourage you to stay away from the points of interest that they're using for the free fly, whether that yeah. be Invictus or the Expo or or whatever it is. I, I think you should stay away because once you get away from those points of interest, trash clears up. Yep. Um, there's not as many players. There's not. There's just not as much going on. And overall, it's a pretty smooth experience. Star Citizen has come a very long way in the last ten years, um, and it can actually be a very enjoyable and consistently enjoyable experience if you do stay away from those points of interest. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's let's talk about some of the things that you can expect to find in the game, right? Which make it a unique experience. Right. So that's uh, probably the, the coolest aspect of this game, right? There's there there have been recent games out, uh No Man's Sky, uh uh oh Starfield, Starfield. right? Where uh, honestly a lot of the naysayers were of the mind, oh, this is gonna kill Star Citizen. No way. Because uh every one of those games have uh fundamental differences. Uh, from what Star Citizen. So, for example, um, when you wake up in the game in Star Citizen, you inhabit your avatar, your 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 character, right? And from that moment until you leave, you stay in that character. There are no loading screens. There are really no transitions. It's one hundred percent of the time you exist as you doing everything, climbing in a ship. No transitions. Taken off from a landing pad, going into space, no transitions. Going from one planet to another planet, no transitions. You're active, you're, you're like inhabiting the world the entire time. In real time, right. And uh, even if you were going from planet to planet, right, there's this quantum jump animation that you see where you see space going past you. And, and there's a lot of people that say, oh, well, that's a loading screen. It, it's in not. reality, it's not. It's because you are not. still physicalized 
in the world ship. that's being yeah. rendered in real time, you are traversing the space rapidly. There is, it's, it's not yeah, a loading screen. So. Literally at any moment you could jump, like intentionally jump out of quantum and you are in exactly the spot in space that you should be in for having jumped out at that point. People can jump directly to you. It's uh, the only the only kind of magic that they're doing right now with that is that technically you're not moving, you're teleporting through space. Yeah, kind of like, kind of mimic that that high speed because 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 you're traveling at some ridiculous like um what is the word I'm looking for uh, relativistic speeds at that point. So yeah, and that's how uh... they manage it. But but still through that entire time you can you can like your ship's going you can like get up if you're in a big enough ship get up out of your seat walk around your ship while it's flying it, it's yeah change clothes eat some food you know yeah if you, have you, you exist in that space you can do whatever in that space and so that's that's a huge difference especially with um i, I played a little bit of starfield recently just because i wanted to give it a, a shot and uh, i'm sure that it's i did I did. I'm only a few hours in and I probably won't go much further. Um, it, it seems like it could be a fine game. Um, but I feel like Star Citizen has spoiled me a little bit in the sense that you start playing and loading screen. Yeah. And then first you, go, you go to this, kill me every time. Oh yeah. You go to this next section of the same building you're in loading screen. Right. It's like, ugh. then you go outside loading screen. Right. And then you, Get in your ship, loading screen. <laughs> you know, I'm, you go. I, I'll tell you. So, so since a long time ago, even I don't know that it's before. Um, uh, uh, what is it? The commander, whatever. It, Star commander is that? Is that? Is that? Wing, Chris wing commander. Game? Wing commander. Nope. Thank you. Wing I, I wasn't. I I didn't really play wing commander, right? But uh, I did play X wing in Tie Fighter, right? Mm -hmm. And then. Like many many years later, there was um, Star Wars Galaxies. Love Star Wars Galaxies, and before my time, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but when 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 the moment that came out, and I started thinking about, oh well, space and Star Wars, man, wouldn't it be great to have a first person like MMO type game that you could climb in your ship and fly around? So when this one came out, I was like, oh my god, somebody's actually doing it, and it. It's not surprising to me uh, the amount of time or effort that it's taken. It's it's a big undertaking, uh, especially yeah, considering the degree to which they're attempting to create some realism in the game. It, it it's it's almost annoying. Yeah, it, it is almost annoying, right? So so there's there's two big reasons that I see that they've taken this long to come up with what they've come up with. The first and foremost reason is that the tech that they're using hadn't existed prior to this. So they've spent the last 10 years not only trying to catch up to their vision with the tech that existed, but also build their own tech to accomplish what they were trying to accomplish yep. with persistent entity streaming being an example, server meshing, which is what they're currently working on being another example. Um, but the second thing is that they want star citizen to be a world that you can interact and every aspect of it has its own behaviors right so 
if you can imagine uh, going back to, to that Starfield example or No Man's Sky or literally any other game, right? If you were to, for instance, approach a door and open the door, right? Either Sometimes the door just opens, sometimes it just fades to black. You know, in Star Citizen, the idea is that you would reach out and grab and open the door. If you were to pick up a cup of coffee, you would reach out and pick up a coffee. The fluid inside would splash around. Everything would be physicalized. Yeah, maybe it's so that it. Maybe it spills, but everything would be physicalized so that every single aspect of the game felt authentic and real, and that takes time. So that's the second big thing that I see that kind of sets Star Citizen apart, and in my mind, justifies the length of time, especially since we're starting to actually see that now. Sure, sure. So counterpoint, um, the original Vision didn't have any of that, right? So the original Vision, when they came out, it was... I mean, I don't know that it was going to have the, you know, loading screens and stuff, but the degree to which they're trying to implement uh, realistic terrains, realistic cloth motion, which was a big, it was a big scandal for a short while. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're spending so much effort trying to make sheets flow like sheets. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, there's, there's quite, I mean, there's, there's a, a term in software called scope creep. I have no doubt that a great deal of what is now planned uh, emerged because of scope creep, but basically because they could, because yeah, all of a sudden their, their just gets we're funded so massively that we can do these things that we hadn't even conceived of before. And people seem to want it. So it's, it's grown. And so I feel discover, like, oh, I can do these things. So you yeah, do. <laughs> I, I, I feel like they're basically at a point now. We're basically at a point now where the vision is pretty solid. I, I don't, I don't see much scope creep anymore because it's like they, like, oh, we know all of the things we want to do now, and it's basically we're gonna create this galaxy. <laughs> the answer is everything. The answer is everything. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, hard to go past everything. Yeah. Um. Scope creep, yeah, that's uh, that. That does make sense, but uh, nonetheless, I think uh, you're probably right. Them building all of this tech and figuring out what they had to do in order to make this happen probably has opened those doors to allow them to want those in the first place. So, like, sure. I get that, right? That makes sense. Um, oh man, is it worth it? Is it worth investing in Star Citizen? Well. Well, let's, let's, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Let's, go ahead. let's, let's talk about what people perceive the, 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 the payment structure to be, right? Another reason people consider this to be scam citizens because they say, oh, people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on virtual ships, on pictures of ships that don't exist, right? Yep. So let's make one Expensive thing clear. Pictures. Let's make one thing clear before we, we, we get hugely into this conversation. You can, and should, if you're thinking of getting into Star Citizen, play the game and experience everything it has to offer for as little as $45, less if it's during an event like now where they have uh, pe uh, starter packages on sale. Is, is, is that, 45 you, the, the lowest? 45 is the Aurora and the Mustang. Oh, okay. Yeah, 45. Still, yeah. That's, that's on par with like a lot of games. It's less expensive than a lot of less very yes. you know, small containerized games like you know, like Starfield and and Triple A games is the is the phrase you're looking for. Triple A games they start at sixty, but they go up to one hundred twenty or more. You know, right. Sometimes, so sometimes and, and there's no subscription to play. 
once you Correct. have your once you have your pledge package, you're in, and that's it. You're in. That's it. You're done. Nothing mm -hmm. more to pay for. You get all the updates. You get the full content. You have access to literally everything in game. Um, Cutter might be forty-five too. I don't know off the top of my head. I just know um, that the Aurora and the uh, um, Mustang are forty-five. But the Cutter would be a great choice. Otherwise, personally, I think the Cutter is the best starter ship. But I feel like that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that forty-five dollars though. $45, you uh, you get access to everything. Now, yep. there's also people who say, oh, well, you know, there's a, there's a pay-to-win structure with, you know, these uh, the, 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 the other ships that you can buy. Spend more money, get better ships, you win, right? That's also just not true. <laughs> no, it's That's absolutely not. not. It, there, it may be a little quicker for you to get the ship if you, if you pledge cash for it, but every single ship and is is 100% available in game if you're just willing to put in a little time play the game you know earn the in-game uh money for it you can buy it it's available you can every single one every yeah. gun and every every component literally everything yep everything is available in game and it's also truthfully in the game's current state being an alpha they don't have things like economy balanced right yeah the rate at which you make money versus the rate at which you spend it is so far out of whack that it's not hard to make enough money to get whatever ship you want right so you spend that 45 bucks maybe you find a friend you guys go bust out some bounties and then boom you guys are partying on an 890 jump and all is well right yeah. meet, meet, um, meet a couple of people in game they'll hand you I mean, depending on 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 you know how cool the people are. Yeah, here's a couple million. Go buy yourself a yeah. much better ship than that forty dollars, yeah. forty five dollars ship that uh, that you started so with. You can absolutely, absolutely experience everything for forty five dollars. Moving on from just the the buying a ship part, right? Once you're actually in game, there's another huge thing that for me sets Star Citizen aside from other MMOs, right? Take your your classic MMO RPG structure. Right. You log in. You're a measly level one character, right? You progress <laughs> through quests. You level up. You've got skill trees. You've got things, right? Um, I've always hated this because I always feel like it gives a tangible advantage to people who can sit on their ass and play all day, right? And in any game, that's always going to be, that's always going to exist. Anybody who sits on their ass and plays all day is always just going to be better. But in my mind, that sort of structure sets that gap so much wider. Exactly. And because there's there's a degree of skill that comes with just being a person who plays the game. Right. And then to have that kind of skill advancement, level advancement, just takes that and exacerbates it by saying not only is this exactly. person genuinely better at the game, but now he also has more skills and more abilities and more hit points and more 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 health more more, just, more just armor more. better damage just more of everything on top of being top of being better making it very difficult for the new player especially in a PVP environment to enjoy the game and continue to play in advance uh, and be competitive right exactly star citizen doesn't have that right they have uh, really the only thing that I could imagine would be a, an advantage for, <coughs> excuse me, playing longer um, is that you might find more of a certain type of, of gun or more of a, a, a rare armor, right? But at the end of the day, a player who has just started playing today versus a player who's been playing for 10 years, they are at the same level 
as far as tangible advantage, I suppose, is yeah, the word. they have the same chances of finding those rare gears. They have the same chances of being able to locate and purchase uh, equipment. Um, the only difference is that the person playing 10 years has built up some more resources so they can maybe access it a little easier. Right. But They're familiar with the systems. They know that, the way around the it, map. It's literally personal experience that gives them the advantage, not exactly. in-game mechanics that, that does it for them. That's a huge plus for me. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure about you, Rev, but I I love that idea because I, I I'm not a, a a hardcore player by any means. I'm honestly fairly casual. I play a few times a week, and yep. so I don't have the ability to sit there as a, a, a joystick jockey and, and fly for ten hours a day and and master my craft. Yeah, um, OED here also says they they also know how to work around the bugs, and that's true. That is true. That is yeah. absolutely true. People, people who play longer, they definitely learn all of the the little annoying bugs that aren't game breaking, but can can, can kind of piss you off, right? Uh, learning how to navigate Star Citizen's map system is an art because it gets rough. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it it can get rough. Um, let's talk about the bugs a little bit. We've talked a lot about the good oh, things about Star Citizen. Let's sure. talk about some of the some of the bad things. Right? Sure. Sure, some of the bugs. Which 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 many of the bugs would you like to talk about? <laughs> I don't think we there, need to there, talk about any specific bugs, just sure, in general. There, right? There's a lot of bugs. There's a lot of bugs. It is Lots. not uncommon. Uh, so like one that I recently... So there's a new ship, right? The SRV came out. And uh, I had some credit uh, on my account from having melted some ships. And I was like, ah, you know what the heck? I'm going to go ahead and grab this SRV. I'm gonna and I'm gonna experience. I want to see what it is. So this ship, basically, what it is, it's it's a tow truck, right? Yeah. It's really all it is. It has no guns. Uh, it's got a little bit of a living quarter, so you can exist in this uh, in the ship for a little while. Um, but it's got a uh, it's got a towing tractor beam. Um, and that's it. Got a little bitty tiny uh, cargo compartment underneath it. Really cute, actually. Very small. Um, <laughs> Uh, that I think is really neat, but that's it. So like, you can fly around, you can like lock, 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 latch onto things, pull them around. You can take them into quantum. I thought that was really neat. I think the quantum towing was neat. Yeah. Um, but so uh, I bought it when I when I logged in and I uh, and I called it for the first time at the at the terminal. And I got in and I went out and I was gonna. I was so excited. Uh, found myself a ship out there at one of the orbital markers and pulled up to it. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And I got in my in my little turret, and it just did not work. It I, like it wouldn't it like wouldn't turn on. I couldn't shoot. I was like, "What's going on?" But apparently, the first time you call a ship um, after logging in or something, or like the first time you oh no, it's the first time you have it delivered, right? Because when you first get a ship, it's like you can have it like when you log in as a new player or whatever, you purchase a new ship, uh, you have it delivered to your current location. So after that delivery. A lot of times the guns just don't work. So you have to like store it and get it back out. But I didn't know about that bug. So it just, it irritated the heck out of me. So little yep. thing, things like that happen. Um, right. Um, elevators. He talked about elevators. Um, elevators are like, like the notorious end boss for Star Citizen. That's, that's kind of the, the joke, right? Um, <laughs> elevators uh, are, are object containers that move three-dimensionally. 
right? They're, they're not like up and down. Some of, some of them are, but for the most part, they go the left, right, up ways, down ways, sideways, and any other ways. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some of the magic that they do behind the scenes. Right. Like you hop in an elevator, it basically makes you invisible. It physically moves you to another location and then you can get out of it. it, it but, the, but the feel for you in the game is that you get in, it transports you as an elevator does, and then the doors open and you're in the new location. Right. I like Willy Wonka. Most recently though, most recent, the most recent elevator bug is that you'll be in an elevator and you'll be going along and suddenly the elevator, maybe for half, half a split second, phases out of existence, but it and leaves you behind. on without you. Yeah. So it just like, and then you're stuck. You're in the geometry of the station or you're yeeted out into space or what have you. Elevator goes. And in some cases, if the elevator comes back, it'll catch you. And start taking you somewhere else. <laughs> really? I hadn't. Oh, that's yeah. neat. If the elevator comes back across that same path, it can catch you. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's funny. Super weird. Super yeah, weird. I haven't, I haven't um, experienced that. Yeah. So elevators are weird. The the ship guns are weird. Um, as servers degrade, because you know, servers aren't the most stable right now with how they have them structured. Uh, I don't know why. I'm not any kind of server maintenance tech or whatever, but as server performance degrades, um, Sometimes things will just stop working. Quantum jumping can be really annoying sometimes. Um, sometimes you you can't, uh, we've, it's it's a survival game, right? And so you've got like hunger and thirst that deplete. Sometimes you can't put a, a drink in your hand to drink. It just won't work and that can be annoying. Yeah, um, it's probably like memory leaks or uh, entity probably. cleanup not happening like it's supposed to. B basic optimization issues that yeah. uh, will absolutely be clear cleaned up once uh, they make the full switch uh, to focusing on Star Citizen after, uh, you know, like Squadron 42 hits beta or whatever. But right, 4.0, hopefully. And hopefully that's soon. Yeah. Yeah. 4.0, that's, uh, that's a good thing to talk about, too. We're talking about, is it worth it to play Star Citizen? Um, and uh, an argument that a lot of people make that it's not worth it is they can say, oh, I can go play Elite Dangerous, and there's... 400 million star systems that I could go explore. Yeah. And that's true because Elite Dangerous procedurally generates star systems on demand. You can discover a new wormhole or whatever. You can go through it and it will generate in real time a brand new, never before seen star system. It will do that. And that's, that's cool. They're relatively empty though, right? There's, I mean, sure, there's, there's some procedurally generated points of interest, right? But it's, it's, it's fairly cookie cutter stuff. Star Citizen right now is one star system. People say, oh, well, what does that show, right? The difference yep, is four that... Four planets, a dozen moons. Yeah. Right. The, the difference is that this is a handcrafted system, right? They've gone through, and, and, and it was fairly inefficient for them to build it this way. They've since built their tech out. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they've handcrafted each planet, handcrafted each moon, built the cities built the little points of interest. They've, they've done exactly what they want to do with the system, and they will continue to do that for every other system. So while there's not going to be as many, they're going to be much more fleshed out. Uh, the, the metaphor that I've heard people use who've played both Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen is that Elite Dangerous is a mile wide and an inch deep, right, as far as content, whereas Star Citizen is an inch wide but a mile deep far as content so much smaller 
Yeah, so I, I, let's talk about that for just a second. So of course. My, 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 my understanding is a little bit different than yours based on what I've seen and heard, right? Sure. Um, so uh, w w one of the game loops in, in Star Citizen is intended to be uh, like this data running uh, game loop where you find points of interest uh, or for perhaps even you find wormholes or jump points, which will take you to new places. And my understanding from what I've under, you know, like listening to the, to the various media that they've put out is that there will be some procedurally, it, it, Devoid disagrees. He, he doesn't think this is the way it is, but, I don't but disagree. there will I be just... some procedurally generated systems where, where you will find a procedurally generated wormhole. Uh, and, you know, if you go through there, I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, settlements and stuff in there because it's going to be a system that nobody's been to before, but there'll be mineable resources. There'll be reasons to go there. Um, you know, so there'll be reasons for you to mark that, possibly sell locations to people, miners, uh, et cetera. Uh, I don't know how persistent they'll be. I don't know if it'll be like, you know, this system sticks around for a while and then the wormhole destabilizes and it's gone. Uh, I don't know if it's like, well, once it's been generated, it's there for good. I don't really know what they would do with that, but um, that that opens up the possibility, not only for the, the handcrafted systems, which you're absolutely right. They're going to have a very specific set. They've already got, I don't know how many, like a hundred or more, like, two, like a lot. Over a over hundred, I think. Yeah, so they've got a lot planned. So so even once they go live, you know, they're going to be building and just putting out systems pretty much continuously for the life of the game, I have no doubt. Uh, but then also these 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 other little places that you can go, uh, which essentially, you know, fleshes out a much broader universe than even what they actually make. So I think I think it's going to be bigger. It's going to be bigger than just the systems they've got planned. I'm pretty sure. So. I partially agree with 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 that, and and whatever we're talking about now is pure speculation. I know pure that they're going to procedurally. I know that they're going to procedurally generate systems because they've talked about that. Yeah, but the procedural generation is only going to make up ninety to ninety five percent of the system, and they're still going to go in after that and hand polish each one, make sure that the settlements look decent, make sure that they're unique enough to be believable is not just cookie cutter settlements, right? Um, make sure that, um, you know, moons, uh, you know, weather on moons, gravity on moons all feel good and make sure that, that, that they want to go through and still hand polish things. They don't want to just leave it up to procedural generation and, and, and let it go. Absolutely for anything that is intended for a continuous use, I think you're, you're, you're probably right. But I'd be curious to see um, if, 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 if it's not someplace that's intended to be already populated, I have, I, I have confidence that they're going to have build out the procedural generation well enough, especially considering, you know, the tools that they're building, et cetera, that, that, that they can trust it to build a system, an uninhabited system and a new system that is good from the get go. I hope so. I don't know that that's what's going to happen, but I do hope so. I think we're getting a little off track, though. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Off track. Sean, moving on to um, 
what is happening soon in terms of is it worth it to get into Star Citizen now? Pyro is the next star system to come out. It is a Freaky very wild, wild west, lawless kind of system. Uh, Pyro itself is a red dwarf star, highly unstable, lots of solar flares. So the dying space star. around it, it is a dying star. And so this, like the space around it is red and eerie, right? Um, it's got a fairly narrow green band and it's got like, you know, one or two actually half habitable planets. Um, but all in all, the system is just overrun by gangs, right? Um, it's going to be the PVP system. Um, but as far as when is it coming? soon it's already seen uh, a tech preview patch where uh, they invited certain people to come in and test it uh, it was only a partial build they didn't have the outer planets but people logged into pyro they were able to play through some missions they were able to experience the inner planets um and experience what pyro would be like um right now they're working on some of the server meshing tech we kind of talked about server meshing a little bit earlier and we can go into what that is here soon um but they uh, they just put that into the very first round of testing. And the reason why that's important with the star systems is that those two systems, Pyro as well as the server meshing tech, come in together. Um, you don't have to have Pyro for server meshing, but you kind of have to have server meshing for Pyro, which is right. why. Um, so current speculation, right? And, and this is based on zero facts whatsoever, is that <laughs> we'll probably have Pyro uh, around March, right? End of quarter one is is, is what we're guessing. That's, that's what I'm guessing. That's what a lot of people I talk to have guessed. Um, it's a little uh, optimistic, but uh, definitely possible. Way optimistic. They want to have they want to have a PTU by the end of the year with the replication layer in and Pyro with yes. the jump point working. That I have seen, that they definitely want to start yes. doing some of the uh, test preview uh, runs quarter one with Pyro, with the jump system. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, quarter one, maybe that's a little bit optimistic, but even if that is optimistic, I think quarter two is plenty realistic for a, for a Pyro release. Um, CIG has been very careful not to make any mention of any patch past quarter four. You know, they talk about 322 being the quarter four patch. They've been very careful not to say anything past that. Um, I don't think they know what's going to happen. Their goal is to get everything out as soon as possible. But yeah, I, I don't even, I don't even think they know if, if it's going to make quarter one, or if they're going to have to push it to quarter two. They're, I think they're trying for quarter one. I, I, I think they have a pretty good idea. Uh, they are being a bit cagey with what they're saying because they don't want to. They don't want to overpromise because there has been problems in the past, I guess, with uh, overpromising. Oh yeah, we're gonna have 4.0 out in 2000 and 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 17 like 2021 or oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like like forever ago, they were planning on having it and still no 4.0. Many years later, uh, yeah, but think, it does feel like original, it's a lot closer. It does. I think the original answer to the call for Squadron 42 is like 2014 or 2015. And like ever since then, it's been this cascade effect of like missing deadlines. And I think that's why people are so uh, skeptical about it even today is, oh, Star Citizen's never going to get done because they always push back deadlines. But we're, with Squadron 42 being feature complete, which is something that they, that they announced at CitizenCon, all of the major teams that were working, all of the developmental teams that were working on Squadron 42 are back to Star Citizen. So yeah. and development is going to speed up. Yeah, and... An interesting note is is that 
uh, a lot of the systems, matter of fact, the majority of the systems over the past year or two uh, that they've been working on, and I don't mean star systems, I'm talking about technological, you know, systems for, for, for operating the game. Um, they've been working on in the context of Squadron 42, so like the uh, FPS systems with uh, throwables, um, scanning, you know, all of those things. Uh, and they were getting them right in Squadron 42, so, so, so now that they're making that shift, they're actually starting to bring those over in their entirety, and it's those same teams who built them, bringing them over, and uh, adapting them for the multiplayer environment that is Star Citizen. So that, yeah, we, exactly. so that we benefit from. Uh, basically, one of the cool things is like the experience you have in, in, in Squadron 42 with regard to what the game feels like should be pretty much the same as what you get in Star Citizen, with the, exactly, exception, yeah. with the exception that obviously the Squadron 42 is going to going to kind of shuttle you through the story star citizen no story to shuttle you through open world but other than that same same yeah and and a good example just to kind of uh, go with that is this last patch the most recent update to star citizen which happened just a few days ago just before iae they actually took the npc ai behavior for fps you know, if you're, you're you're fighting enemies, right? The AI they have their own behaviors that they follow. They took that Squadron Forty Two AI behavior and they have just put it into Star Citizen. That's yeah. that's one of the early sort of uh, implementations so, of the Squadron Forty Two development stuff. Being I got a story hoofed over. Oh, 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 tell me your story. It's, it's not it's not a great story. It's a really boring story, but it's my story, and I'm going to tell it. So uh, I, I I I saw this firsthand uh, just like last week as I was playing. Because I'm used to being able to lot drop down on a planet, you know, picking up some bunker mission, and go in and just these dumb, dumb AIs standing around going, "Ooh, we're gonna get him! We're gonna get him!" And you're like, walk up right to him, look him in the face, and go, "Ha ha!" Shoot him in the face. I went into a bunker and 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 I like shot one or two from like the entrance area, and I dropped behind, you know, the 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 crates and stuff that are right there. And I pop up and they're coming at me. I'm like, oh shit, they're coming. So I just hung <laughs> yeah. out there and killed like six or seven of them as they were coming around. We're gonna get you. It's like, oh. So it's definitely a very different feel now with the uh, AI. It is. We did one of the data heist missions, the new data heist missions, right? And we were really just looking to kill some time. We just wanted to run some bunkers and stuff. And we're like, oh, the, the you know the data heist mission should should be fun, right? Well, we go in there. And I'm not sure if this was completely intended by CIG, um, but we went in and immediately there was like 15 guys in there, like 15 NPCs. And we're like, okay, this is a lot. But we we split up and one of us took the top floor, one of us took the bottom floor. And they were, like you said, they usually just stand there and they kind of take it. They'll spin around and stuff, but they're, they're ultimately pretty stupid as far as AI goes, right? Well, yeah, they were even ducking behind like walls and stuff. Like, what yeah. is that about? So we start, we start putting them down, right? And they're reacting appropriately. It was super, super kind of strange. They were ducking behind cover and they were, I mean, obviously they weren't actually calling out to each other, but they were making call outs, right? They were like running around and stuff. And they were spawning quick enough that they actually overwhelmed us and they started getting our guys down. The craziest thing that I saw was after they had downed one of our guys, they went and I didn't confirm, he didn't confirm, 
but he went and started messing with his body. It almost looked like he was looting him. And I know that's supposed to be part of the Squadron 42 AI is that they actually loot downed bodies. And it looked like that's what he was doing, but we were, I, I wish I would have confirmed because I mean, we were just in such a, such a, a, a hassle. We were like, oh my gosh, we just all got wiped out by 30 NPCs. We're, we're waiting on help, but he's just like picking through the dude's and then he like he like got up like reloaded his gun got back behind cover we're like what the hell is going on it was fantastic yeah that's pretty good yeah Yeah, that's that's one of the things i'm looking forward to is is them having limited ammo which prior to this they didn't it was unlimited ammo and then them having to also reload in exactly the same uh constraints that uh, players have which i don't know that there's any games that really do that i think ai in most games modern warfare you know all those they like the the npcs have unlimited ammo they're going to keep shooting yep. you until you're dead but with these changes the ais have it just whatever ammo they can carry they run out they're out and they have to they have to go loot bodies just like uh, any other player yeah so if you so, can outweigh so... them they'll run out you'll be like ah yeah so so mike just just commented he said they do get on one knee and go into a search animation but he's not sure if they take anything that's definitely what i saw um i wish we had opened our inventory and double checked maybe checked to see if they took anything off our belts um in in just the the hustle of trying to get in and out alive we we didn't think to check but i i was sitting there incapacitated my countdown going in my head off to the side and i just see this npc searching this body and i was like wow this yeah, is I, different, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I bet they are. I bet they are. I think because that's because that's like the whole point of the new AI uh, model is that they have to do that stuff. So, yeah, uh, I I would be surprised so, at this point if that's not what's happening. Yeah, me too. Because I mean, it, they've they have said that that's what AI will do. We also know that the AI team was in Squadron Forty Two. So that's that's the only thing they were working on with Squadron Forty Two. They're done now, right? So yeah. you can you can you can theorize that that's working. That that tech is working. So uh, Star Citizen, it should still work because it's the same engine. Yes. Yeah, so EOD controller here says uh, the new AI is very chummy with walls and stairs and floors. Though I can confirm this, they're so chummy they'll be on the wrong side of the walls and stairs and floors. Uh, yes. Back to the back to those bugs that you'll run into. Back very to annoying right now. <laughs> very annoying right now to go in. Yeah. You got you got 10, 10 guys to kill and you go and you kill seven of them and you're like I hear them and, and 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 you get that eighth one, right? And then all of a sudden you get markers for the other two and you go find them and sure as shit they're behind a wall. You're like, "Well, shit." Yep. In the stairs. Maybe you see like a little gun like poking out of the wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> super annoying it happens it happens um that's just kind of the nature of it though um in short though is it worth it um as long as one of two things as long as you either are okay with learning how to work around bugs which are becoming more minor as time goes on there's sometimes a game breaking bug but you know they're they're becoming less terrible, less game breaking. If you're okay with spending the time to learn the workarounds and and use them to continue playing, yes, it's worth it. Or I if you're willing have to, to try this long barrel, sorry, Eodio mentioned the P6. I'm gonna have to try that. Ooh, nice, nice. Okay. Second, if you're okay with 
playing it for a week or two, setting it down for a week or two, coming back after a couple of weeks, playing it for a little while, setting it down. If you're okay with also that coming back, giving yourself breaks, getting into it, I still think it's worth that, you know, $45 investment. Agree. Is it worth, is it worth spending a couple thousand dollars? Can't really answer that for you. That depends on your income and what you want to give to the game in order to help its, its development. I will say that Star Citizen is going to happen at this point. Whether you decide to invest $45 or $10,000, it won't really change the outcome. So invest what you want. Yep. Just, just play the yep. game, man. There are some people who have spent obnoxious amounts of money. Uh, I will... Rev. I, mm, <laughs> I will admit that I have spent more than a reasonable person should, but I can tell you I'm very much looking forward to uh, those things that I've purchased being implemented and getting 20, 30, 40, 60 people uh, together on my ships and doing some real multiplayer capital ship gameplay. Yeah. Oh, Capital let's ships. Talk let's a talk bit capital of, ships. Let's talk about capital ships. Let's do uh, it. Yeah, yeah, let's talk capital so, ships. Multi-crew gameplay. Um, in the past year, they have kind of made a uh, trying to get people, instead of flying their own little fighters and single-person craft, they've tried to make the larger multi-crew ships more worth it. So um, they introduced capacitors a little while ago, which basically dictated how much power your ship consumed in a certain rate, right? So like laser weapons utilized a capacitor system to determine ammo counts before you had to recharge, right? Um, yeah. As well as other things, but that's what we'll talk about. Uh, fighters yeah, right, have a relative... I was going to say, just right, right now, the multiplayer gameplay consists mostly of gunners. Uh, there yeah. are plans to change that, but go go ahead. I just yeah yeah that well that's pretty much what I was gonna say right is that like a single seater fighter has a capacitor and 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 but you burn through your 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 um uh, shots pretty quickly before you have to recharge right and so it's like you know you, you hit move you hit move you hit move and it's kind of fast paced um, when they did that they beefed up the capacitors of things like turrets to right. allow you know a second person in a turret to have a much larger capacitor so they could be on target put down more dps and all together just be more useful than it would be as if you had those same two people in two different ships right so that's the start of kind of pushing to try and make multi-crew gameplay more worth it and the next part part that i'm very excited for and that you've kind of talked about is um uh, they're working on the engineering system yeah so even so we talked earlier about uh, everything being physicalized, right? And part of that physicalization is taking things like your quantum drive, your shield generators, um, uh, your power systems, you know, like all of these different things and actually making them components. You walk up to a, a particular location on your ship, open up a panel and holy crap, there's my, there's my shield emitter. It gets broken, pull it out, put a new one in, boom, shields are back online, right? Yep. Um, or even if you just want to upgrade it and you take it into the shop, you know, you buy a better one, pull out the, the crappy one, put in a better one, and now your shields are tougher. Um, and, and, and physicalizing that, uh, that alone is super valuable uh, for, you know, creating that, that uh, multiplayer game experience, multi-crew ship stuff. Um, but on top of that, with the engineering systems that they're planning on putting uh, in place 
for uh like power distribution uh you know just just uh like c controlling doors venting spaces yeah gravity life support systems fuses and relays even you have to um as as this is built out power is not going to be a simple point a to point b system right you're going to have a power generator which is like your your big battery right and then that's going to divert to various different systems and those systems are going to have branches so for instance if you have say two shield generators right it's going to branch off into at least two different branches for that and those are probably going to have their own fuses right they may have their own relay controls it's going to have smaller little subsystems in all of these that an engineer will have to manage it's, yeah i uh, hadn't i hadn't thought about it but it's very likely that that will result in uh okay well i've lost one of my shield emitters my port shields are gone Starboard shields are still up, but my port shields are toast. Get somebody down there, you know, let's you know, got to fix it. On larger shields, that's exactly how it's going to work. Most definitely, yeah. Because, so you've got, we're, we're getting a little specific right now, but we'll talk really quick about shields, right? You've got a shield generator, which basically produces the power needed for your emitters to work. Your emitters are actually much smaller little pieces that sit on the outside of your ship, and that's what's responsible for actually building your shields, right? And on small fighter craft, you typically have, you know, two shield emitters, one on the front, one on the back, and it creates a sort of bubble shield. Whereas on larger craft, you have shield emitters that go around the ship in various places, and it creates uh, a top, bottom, as well as all four corners uh, set of shield faces. And yeah, if you were to lose, you know, a shield emitter or two on the left side, you got a fat shield hole right there. You got no protection. So it, it would definitely work like that. But um, the depth of multi-crew gameplay that that's going to bring is something I am super, super excited for. Um, especially now that we are seeing this ramp up in star citizen development. Yeah. I know it's coming. I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah same, same Kraken. Kraken, <laughs> Kraken, Javelin, Idris, lots of, lots of big ones that I'm yeah. super excited, man. Um, yeah. So is star citizen worth it, man? If, if you have any semblance of patience and you, uh, want, uh, an open world space, Sim-esque survival game. I think it's absolutely worth it. Absolutely. 100 I, I I I try not to be like like a white knight. People call them white knights, right? Um, I know that CIG has uh its its shortcomings. They have not been the most efficient over the years. I'm aware of that. Um, but I mean shit, they're getting it done. Yeah, you know, I I want to talk briefly about that whole uh, efficiency thing, right? It's important to remember when we're talking about, well, they haven't been efficient, right? That the reason that a lot of, in a lot of cases, why they haven't been efficient is because they've had to do new things, right? The, yeah. the Stanton system was built a planet at a time because they didn't have the technology to quickly build planets. They had to build right. that and they had to validate that, this, that the, the technology was working. And they did that by building some technology, creating a planet. Refining the technology, adding some new technology, building another planet. So that, I mean, yeah, it seems inefficient, but I don't think there was any other way for it to go. Uh, not for them to be able to make the progress that they've been able to make. Right. And, and even if I say, like, maybe they have been inefficient, I'm not even necessarily calling that a bad thing, right? Because 
sure they they get x amount of work done and then whether they make better tech or better tech comes out they have to redo that work inefficient or not that's just the way it goes you broke my camera oh i hit the wrong one (laughs) sorry it's okay it's the first it's a first (laughs) shot at this at this streaming thing so sorry about that everybody inefficient or not it kind of had to happen that way right because tech in 2012 versus tech in 2023 not even comparable so so different so you take you take like we used to have a system in game called uh, a station called Port Olisar. People loved Port Olisar because it was the first system to ever come into Star Citizen. It's the first place you could actually pull out a ship and fly it around. It was Port Olisar, right? They recently did away with Port Olisar. They replaced it with Seraphim Station. People were upset, but Port Olisar was built in like 2016 or something. It was old, right? And it was not at all up to snuff. In comparison to the other stations, it had no hangars. It was just a bunch of external landing pads, right? They had three different uh, um, struts, which were completely disconnected from each other. So if you had a friend who woke up in strut A and you woke up in strut C, it was super annoying to get to the other strut to meet up. With. It was it was just an and they were identical, system. which was weird. They were all identical. Every single strut was the exact same. So, um, uh. Yeah, it was I agree. It, it had an atmosphere that the current generic stations don't have. I do that. Agree that with is that. true. That is true. It, it, the, uh, the all of the stations now they're built on a very specific template. Yeah, they've got them cobbled together in different configurations. But um, unfortunately, I mean, it's it's one of the things that annoys me is that if you've been in one station, you've kind of been in all of the stations. Yeah. I'm excited that Pyro kind of changes that, right? Um, it, it, it it does in that it creates a second template of stations. It does. But... Um, it also kind of gives. Uh, I, this this doesn't really help the situation, but as as someone who's into like like the lore of things, it kind of helps me, right? Um, th- there's the reason the stations are all identical is because they're all built by the same company. It's one company that has produced these stations, right? And I used to know what company this was. I don't, I can't think of it right now. But in Pyro, the company that built those stations was Pyrotechnics Amalgamated. It was one company who built the stations on their template. So if you go to Pyro and all of those stations are the same, it kind of makes sense. You go to Stanton, all of those stations are the same. It's because another company built them, right? If you were to go to say Magnus and those were a third cookie cutter, right? It makes sense because it's a different company that's making them. So as like like a kind of a lore buff, that makes me feel better. If we went to 10 different states systems and they were every all station, identical. They were all identical. I would be much more turned off. But given that, even I, station I to station, yeah, even system to system, if they're different, like I, I feel okay with that. I'm okay with them being cookie cutter as long as they differ from system to system. Unless there's like an in law reason for them to be the same, right? For instance, if you went to like Earth right. and Terra, and those uh, space stations were pretty much the same, that would kind of make sense to me, right? Because that's like that's like. UEE governmental space, like that's it's a big deal. I can imagine they use the same company to make their stations in both systems. But yeah, in 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 lore, isn't Terra like the first system that be populated? Um, Terra is like the Earth two. Right. Croshaw, I think, was the first system we found, but Terra was definitely the most Earth-like, and I think it's the one. I I, I could be wrong here. I think it's the one that we first successfully terraformed. 
but um, okay. we'll have to we'll have to talk about Star Citizen lore yeah. and stuff a different time. That's sure. definitely not something we should get into now. But uh, my point being is like, yeah, it's cookie cutter, but there is a reason for it, even though that reason isn't apparent right now. Um, definitely feels boring, but 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 the reason is there. Yep. Yeah, Star Citizen lore is vast, which like we've said 10 times in the last five minutes, not going to see it now, but once squadron is out, you play through squadron, you get dumped into star citizen. All of these lore pieces are really going to start coming together. And it'll, even though there's not a story to play in star citizen, it's still going to draw you in and you're going to be like, Oh shit. I remember seeing that when I played squadron or, Oh shit. I, I see that that's, that's an X system. I, Oh, I passed by that, that manufacturer plant or, whatever right it's yep. it's just so expansive and so intertwined it's it's going to be really really cool it's absolutely a, it's all connected in a way that i've not seen in another game so i'm excited yep yeah so uh we're about we're about out you know at the at the hour mark i mean we don't want to run too long um so uh, i just wanted to take a moment and oh that and invite everybody to 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 join star citizen while there's still a little bit of time left to do so um, yep, free fly for another week and a day. You got until the thirtieth. Yep. Um, we uh, you can find uh, Devoid and myself uh, in game. Uh, you can find us at um, we have a a, a Discord. Uh, at we do. Discord. Uh, gg slash pfcs. Feel free, stop by, hop in, say hello. Uh, if you do want to get into the game, uh, on our screen here you can see we've got our referral codes. Feel free to use those. Uh, yep, right up above. Um, we look forward to seeing you in game and really appreciate everybody coming out uh, to, to, to hear what we had to say. And uh, we're looking forward to having our next one here in a couple of weeks where hopefully we'll have some more interesting topics on Star Citizen. Um, thanks for coming out. Yeah, maybe we'll get to talk about uh, Pyro Preview. <laughs> we'll yep, see. Absolutely. We'll see you. Alrighty. Oh, I turned off the music. That wasn't what I intended to do. We're going to try this again. Ah, whatever. We're done. Have a great time, guys.